all know me, know how I earn a living. This shark, swallow you whole. I value my neck a lot more than 3,000 bucks, Chief. Find him for three, but I'll catch him and kill him for ten. Ten thousand dollars for me by myself. For that you get the head, the tail, the whole damn thing. You yell shark, we've got a panic on our hands on the 4th of July. Mr. Vaughn, Mr. Vaughn, I pulled a tooth the size of a shot glass out of the wreck of the boat out there, and it was the tooth of a great white. A what? You're gonna need a bigger boat. Love to prove that, wouldn't you? Get your name into the National Geographic. Now, I'm not saying that this is not the shark. It probably is, Martin. It probably is. It's a man-eater. It's extremely rare for these waters. But the fact is that the bite radius on this animal is different than the wounds on the victim. That means you're back in the Jaws obsession. Uh, that means you want to step back and to finding out how we can share with you, prove to you, convince you, or remind you that Jaws is the greatest movie of all time. Thank you for returning. Today is going to be a character highlight, first in a character highlight day, where we're going to find out who this guy is. You guys okay over there? Was that too quiet? You guys okay over there? Yep, we're going to learn all about that guy today. So before we start, let's see what we got here. It looks like we have, um, from around the world, Gibraltar. Uh, some, a couple listeners in Gibraltar have popped up. And as well as, let's see, France. France is now on the board. So Jaws, uh, the Jaws obsession reaching out to uh, around the world, continuing to spread as there is a hunger for more Jaws talk. Before we get into this episode nine, I wanted to uh, send a congratulations to Mr. Ian Shaw and the cast of The Shark is Broken. Uh, their uh, run comes to an end soon and the, at the Ambassador's Theater in London. The Shark is Broken is a, um, is a play that Ian Shaw co-wrote and he is starring in where he plays his father playing Quint on the set of uh, Jaws inside the Orca. Let's hope this isn't the last show for those gentlemen. Uh, we clearly, there clearly is a demand to watch Ian Shaw play Quint. Maybe there's something we can do about that here at the Jaws Obsession. I'm not sure. Let's, uh, but that being said, let's con- send our congratulations to the, that cast. Um, it had great reviews. Unfortunately, a lot of us couldn't go see it uh, because of uh, difficulty in getting over there. So if it tours, I'm sure it's going to continue to have Excellent reviews and excellent uh, results at the box office, whatever theater it lands in. So 
Let's hope we get to see The Shark is Broken. You can find out more information about The Shark is Broken at thesharkisbroken.com or just go to thedailyjaws.com. Um, they have a lot of information over there. Uh, you can find any all the information for there. Uh, tickets still available. I think the last show is the 13th if you are over in uh, the United Kingdom. So it's nice to see there's a lot of activity in the Jaws world. It's great to see uh, the legacy of Robert Shaw playing out in his son and all the work that Ian Shaw is doing. It's um, it's great to see. It's inspiring. And we are very inspired here at the Jaws Obsession because of it. With that, let's get into episode nine, Ted Grossman. Uh, Ted Grossman played the estuary victim um, that he was listed in Jaws. If you can remember, um, let's just play the scene. It's uh, this scene right here. Hey, fellas. guys okay over there we had was uh, michael brody and his friends were on their little sailing boat uh running some trouble with uh, tying some knots this would have been he's listed as the estuary victim what he really was was the boys the boy scout troop leader at the beginning that was um helping the kids earn their merit badges on the swim and now he's back in the estuary obviously rowing out to help the kids because they're having trouble either raising sail or getting underway, and that's when the shark comes up. And of course, as we all know, he um, he meets his demise. He, he, the, the, he gets knocked into the water uh, along with the kids. And so uh, he's listed as the estuary victim, but it is an actual actor, a stuntman named Ted Grossman. Who was Ted Grossman, and what role did he have to play? Not only in Jaws but other movies. That's what we're here to find out because uh, Jaws is made up of not just not just Roy Scheider, Robert Shaw, and Richard Dreyfuss, and Spielberg. We have those names. We have the John Williams and all the other people, the the bigger names that came together to make Jaws. But Jaws was a, a product of all these wonderful people coming together at a time when when the production needed it the most and they each played a special role and here at the jaws obsession we like to obsess over every little thing about this movie because without any of these people that contribution jaws may not have ended up as well as it had if each of these people did not play a role so that's why we're going to start doing some highlights uh, of uh, certain individuals that played important roles that we might not that some some of us might not have realized or might not have um, have uh, recognized before. Ted Grossman uh, was born on April seventh, nineteen thirty one, in Los Angeles, and he went on to have an illustrious career. Um, stunts over uh, he has over forty six credits uh, with stunts and uh, stunt coordinator in movies. He has uh, as an actor he has over he has thirty credits as an actor ranges any anywhere from as an actor he's appeared in um sugarland express tv dallas magnum pi series knight rider let's see here he was um uh ring doctor number two in million dollar baby i'm just skipping around he was uh an, a government agent in et the extraterrestrial uh he was the peruvian porter indiana jones raised lost ark and then as a stunt coordinator he was a lot more as a stunt coordinator he was on a lot more uh, movies is from the 70s to the 80s. You know, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. He was in. Uh, he was stunts, performed stunts in Magnum Force, The Godfather Part Two, uh, Starsky and Hutch, uh, of course Jaws and Jaws Two, 
let's see, E.T., uh, Star Wars, Return of the Jedi. He was a stunt. He was in, inside one of the Stormtrooper outfits for there. Uh, Mr. Mom, Cloak and Dagger, Cocoon. Uh, the list goes on and on. What was his role on the set? Let's focus on um, uh, one of his most famous roles was actually the uh, FBI agent, the, uh, the dead body in the movie Goonies. So Ted Grossman, not only was the estuary victim, but he was also trapped in the freezer with Chunk and Goonies. Many people in my generation might find that role even more, uh, even more illustrious than the estuary victim in Jaws um, because he, was the, he had a lot of screen time there, and uh, boy, did he really play a good dead body and a very comedic scene in the movie Goonies. So the, what I wanted to note, what I wanted to uh, note here was that he, he had actually a, a little bit, uh, he had another role that he played. He had, he had another part that he played in Jaws. Edith Blake writes in her book, The Making of the Movie Jaws, which uh, has had a few publications. But uh, on page 27, uh, she wrote, Ted Grossman, the stuntman, got into the act the day as a drunk Warmed underneath by a wetsuit, he staggered down the dock, swinging an ice bucket and a huge bag of popcorn, to the tune of Steve yelling, funnier, funnier. He staggered forward, funnier. He swayed limply, funnier. He boarded a boat, miraculously still on his feet. He pitched forward, oops, then steadied, and just when it looked as if he had made it, he tripped backwards over a dock line and sailed overboard in a cloud of popcorn. And there's a, there's a photo of uh, Mr. Grossman falling overboard in a comedic scene, uh, that was filmed around all the fishermen getting in their boats when Hooper arrives on the island and all the fishermen are going out to go hunt the shark. So Spielberg originally shot that with uh, more slapstick comedy. And uh, Ted Grossman played a stunt where he where he trips and falls in the water. There is a good photo from uh, uh, Jaws Memories of Martha's Memories from Martha's Vineyard book, and maybe we'll have to throw that in the stack of uh, in our stack of notes here. Uh, over at our show notes. If you go to uh, jawsob.com, you can find links to our Telegram page, Discord servers. Go to the show notes. You'll see uh, links to uh, some of the videos we're going to talk about here and as well as some of the photos that we're going to talk about here. So you can go over there and find more information. But uh, So he was he had a role where he played some uh, slapstick for uh, comedy for Steven Spielberg. And the tone of the movie obviously started to go away from that, so they trimmed down that section quite a lot in editing for the fishermen gathering all their stuff and going out to hunt the shark. So that was eliminated from the final cut of the movie. But nevertheless, we do have history of, uh, as Edith Blake documented, Spielberg is filming this scene with, uh, let's see here, with Mr. Grossman. And uh, after after they film that scene, let's see here, er, Irvin W. Rose, or Rosie, of wardrobe was standing by with a blanket and a dry set of identical clothes for retakes. But the scene was a print, quote-unquote. Everyone cheered. They were learning the jargon, and print meant that at least it might get to the cutting room floor. So he filmed it in one take on that day. So we have a history of uh, Mr. Grossman being very professional, Steven Spielberg calling for a funnier, funnier um, reaction, of which he was able to do that, got it in one take, print and that was that moving on moving on we know that he then hung with the set for quite a while all the way to the end when they had to film the actual attack on the estuary scene and this was one of the final um, parts of filming the movie was the shark was finally working 
and the mechanical shark could do things that they wanted it to do. So they were going to film the scene where Ted Grossman gets eaten by the shark. He gets knocked out of his little red boat and uh, he gets taken by the shark. Uh, there's a couple of, of notes I wanted to uh, point out. I have some pictures here. Uh, again, this is from Jaws Memories from Martha's Vineyard by Matt Taylor. But they have some great photos here. And uh, one of them is of a crew member secures a line around Ted Grossman's ankle. Pulled by divers on the ocean bottom, the line will draw Grossman beneath the water as he clutches his overturned boat. You know, Ted Grossman was in the water, he's clutching his boat. The, how he slips in really hard is he's, they have divers and they, they tied a line to his leg and they pull him right in. If you go, if you flip the page on uh, page 290, you have a series of photographs, which are really, really great. Edith Blake is quoted. One of the most entertaining things I watched being filmed in Katama Bay was a pickup shot from the estuary scene where stuntman Teddy Grossman is knocked from a rowboat and eaten. They rammed his little boat with the platform shark over and over again. It's a wonder the boat didn't fall apart. It looked terribly dangerous. It's a good thing they used a professional stuntman, otherwise they might have killed somebody. After one of the takes, Grossman came to the surface with blood dripping down his arm and said, look, the shark bit me. They were supposed to have replaced the hard teeth for rubber ones, but apparently forgot a couple. You have, and really it's only a, not even not even a couple uh, solid seconds of the shark actually in the movie with Mr. Grossman. But what you have is you have documented that this guy was, he was in some really dangerous sequences where he's being pulled underwater by um, a rope on his leg. He's wrestling with a mechanical shark. There's another sequence later in this book that, uh, that details where uh, Spielberg was trying to uh, call for more hydraulic, like for the shark to thrash f harder and harder, and, and, and the, even the people were finding it very hard to control the hydraulics of the shark, and they didn't want to hurt Ted Grossman, so they had to hold back a little bit. But the, what was intense, if you, watch, if you look at the photographs on this, that scene is actually filmed, you have Spielberg, is holding the camera himself, and he's on the pulpit of the orca, where Quint, you know, uh, fires his harpoons at the shark. So they use the orca as a filming platform. And so Spielberg is right here on the pulpit of the orca, holding the camera himself, and filming down at Ted Grossman and his little overturned red boat with the shark pulling him into the water. So this is this is the, the tone that Jaws, and this is later in filming, this is actually the last few days of filming, so this shows you where, where Jaws got to as a production. It was just handheld, almost guerrilla filmmaking, and just doing what needed to be done to get the shots. And, and even if Spielberg had to grab the camera himself and get on there and get onto the pulpit of the orca, which the, so they used the orca as a camera platform, and there you have Mr. Grossman in the water doing what needed to be done, take after take, to get this shot done. It's very important, and we're going to come to that in a little bit later. EmpireOnline.com, back in 2012, they highlighted um, unsung heroes of Jaws. Ted Grossman was one of the first ones they listed. There was more to the estuary victim than just being pulled underwater and his, you know, and the leg falling. That there was actually a scene where he's being held in the shark's mouth and swimming, and he grabs hold of uh, Michael Brody, who's in the water. And he, um, he's holding on to him as the shark's carrying him on the surface of the water. And then he pushes Michael out of the way. So when you see that point of view shot swimming towards Michael, you might think it's just the shark's fin point of view or 
the shark point of view. It's not. It's actually from the estuary victim, which is uh, Mr. Grossman. It would be what he's looking at as he's being carried in the shark's mouth as they go by uh, Michael Brody. It was uh, deemed too violent. This one video said that some audience was short of breath or something, so they cut it out. I don't even think ever made to test audiences. I think that Spielberg took the scene right out because he instinctively felt that it was too violent for what they were for the audience they were trying to play to. So they they removed the scene, but you can still find these this uh, the this drops sequence on YouTube and on um, special features on the DVD and Blu-ray. So we'll link to that so you can go check that out. But over at EmpireOnline.com, they also write, Grossman went on to become a constant present throughout Spielberg's career, turning up in Raiders of the Lost Ark as a Peruvian porter, E.T. as a government agent, the Goonies as the dead FBI man, uh, always as Fisherman Number 2, and uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade as a deputy sheriff, and Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull reprising the role of the Peruvian porter. So Spielberg actually kept this guy around, Ted Grossman around, and it's not just because of his performances and his quality of work. I think that it was there was also other things going on. What I wanted to highlight was there's a book for the making, it's one of the rare times we're going to step out of Jaws and go into Jaws 2. There's a book called Jaws 2, The Making of the Hollywood Sequel by Michael A. Smith with uh, Louis R. Pisano. So in that, we they interview uh, Cindy Grover, which is an actress. Uh, she's an actress who played Lucy. There's a sequence in uh, later in the movie where Lucy's in the water and the shark's swimming towards her. And she turns at the last minute, but the shark swims right by her and scrapes her midsection. Uh, I always thought it was a really, uh, really well-done scene. And it's one of those things that I think redeemed Jaws 2 in many ways. What I found interesting was they interviewed her, and here's what she says. She says, I remember Ted Grossman. Uh, I remember Teddy Grossman, the stunt coordinator, who was a consummate professional in his staging of all our stunts and was particularly concerned that day. He took time to work with me on the effect we were trying to create, which required me to swim and then tread water in the pathway of the boat towing the shark and then judge correctly the distance behind the boat and the turn radius while facing away from it. So then it appeared to the camera that the shark was making a beeline for me. Then I turn, hearing the warning shouts, only to turn into the path and to be hit and grazed by, at, at the midriff by the shark. It took two or more days to get that shot. I'll repeat that. It took two or more days to get that shot, as I recall, with so many problems of a technical nature on the first day and repairs needed to the pneumatic Leviathan. She continues to speak highly of Ted Grossman. I definitely hold that memory of that time it was a very difficult time, and it was a big, it was a big growing time for all of us. When I had to, when I had to do really, really difficult stunts, like when I was in the water with the hydraulic shark, would be towed around. Teddy was just so good at making you feel confident. I was already a water person, but he just took really good care of us. He would say, "No, no, no, no. She doesn't need a double. She can do this." Right there, you, you, we are told that, it, like, even off camera as a stunt coordinator, Ted Grossman was empowering people and he brought an influence where he was actually making the impossible possible even for one shot that would take two days to film this actress is saying he played a major role in 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 taking care of the and taking care of them and and um teddy was so good at making you feel confident maybe that just wasn't for actresses maybe that was also for uh, mr spielberg that he was confident that he would actually have someone in the water that could get this take done 
with this shark that was not working for the whole production. And that's why he brought him back for other productions, because that confidence and that, that professionalism will bleed into the people that are, you are also working with. And I think that's what Ted Grossman brought to the set of Jaws. He also brought a take, um, a comedic influence off screen. It also help, helps, you know, what is off screen, off camera, what are the people like on set? So here you have Ted Grossman. Uh, there's a couple of stories here I wanted to share of Ted Grossman. Edith Blake uh, writes in the making of the movie Jaws, her book, on page 104. Gene will never forget the night Robert Shaw took author Thornton Wilder and his sister to dinner. They were, all, they were old friends and had a few rounds of drinks before the Teamsters sent over another round. Then Brown and Zanuck and Teddy Grossman at a nearby table sent over another round. When Thornton Wilder and Robert Shaw headed for the men's room, stuntman Teddy thought that that was his cue and made a big play in helping them in and out of the room. They didn't need any help, but it was a good act nonetheless and played to an appreciative gallery. So you have Ted Grossman also sitting for dinner with the producers of Jaws, Brown and Zanuck. So there's a scene, and this is actually this is actually something that happened. If you if they were at a restaurant, and here's Thornton Wilder and Robert Shaw. You know, two uh, <laughs> these are two writers uh, and uh, great minds, and uh, you know, a little too much to drink, and now they have to go to the men's room. And here's Ted Grossman hamming, hamming it up, helping them in and out of the room, making everybody laugh. Clearly, he played a positive role and a positive influence on life that was off the set not just on the set. Ted Grossman himself recalls a scene, and this was from the um, Jaws 2 making of the Hollywood sequel book. Teddy and Roy Scheider were good friends and often hung out on their time offset. Quote, I know Roy loved the sun. So this is Teddy Grossman talking. I know Roy loved the sun. No matter what his temperature was, he would, he would go out, no matter what the temperature was, he would go out on the beach and sit there with his sun reflector. It's almost like he was addicted to it. One night, Roy and I went to Pensacola to have dinner, and as we were walking towards the restaurant, three girls were walking towards us, and as soon as they passed us, they stopped. One girl said, oh my God, it's Al Pacino. And Roy turned around and said, I am not Al Pacino. I said, come on, Al, let's go eat dinner. As we walked away, the girls said, see, I told you it was Al Pacino. They were telling him who he wasn't. He was such a good guy. So we have... Uh, Ted Grossman actually hanging out with Roy Scheider, uh, you know, clowning around that he's Al Pacino and stuff like that. So I just think that those are two stories right there that highlight that that this man was a very positive influence on these sets. Now, that was obviously on the set of Jaws 2, okay, down in Florida. But there's a reason why he's hanging out and eating dinner with the producers of Jaws, Zanuck and Brown, that why he's hanging out with Roy Scheider why he's brought back for multiple Spielberg movies. Because it's, it's people like this that are ab were able to do the impossible and actually make Jaws into a complete film. I want to finish up here with a quote from Ted Grossman regarding uh, being a stuntman. And I want you to see that this is, uh, this is how important this man was. I'm going to read this, and this is from an interview also from Jaws 2, The Making of the Hollywood Sequel, the book by Michael A. Smith. So here's Ted Grossman in his own words. So many things can go wrong on set. When I first got on in this business, David Sharp, who was like the Babe Ruth of stuntmen, was leaving the business. And as I was coming in, 
He asked me if I was going to keep doing this, and I told him I wasn't really cut out to do anything else. He told me if I keep doing it, the law of averages say something is going to go wrong. Whether it's a mechanical failure or something caused by somebody you are working with, something will go wrong and you will, ha- you will have to be hopefully prepared for it. There was a stuntman who worked for Marlon Brando a lot that was doing a film where he and two other people had to run out of a bank. The director wanted it a little more spectacular, so he had them set the bank on fire so that they could run out and jump over the fire. It was really simple. Anybody could have done it. You're only jumping two feet. It was nothing but the director wanted a little extra something to make it more exciting. Someone had left some oil on the floor, and when they all ran out, he slipped on it, landed on his head, and was paralyzed from the neck down. That was it. Sometimes these things happen. Sometimes they don't. But it's just like life. You could step off the curb and look the wrong way. And that's words from Ted Grossman, also known as the estuary victim, and just what he was prepared to do in risking everything and putting it all on the line to make sure that this movie got made. And he's just one of the many hundreds of stories that are behind Jaws. So it's an honor to be able to not just research, but learn more about Ted Grossman for this episode nine and uh, present this information to you. I hope you found it more, uh, uh, I hope you found it just as special as I did, and it will make you appreciate just this little sequence in Jaws uh, that much more. Show me the way to go home. I'm tired, I That's episode nine. We're that much close to episode 20 now. We're almost halfway there. And the big reveal is about to get really exciting over here in the Jaws Obsession. So thank you for sticking around and listening to the show. Because we have great things in store. Episode 20. We're almost halfway there. The movie Jaws is copyrighted property of Universal Studios. Any references and sampling from the movie Jaws in the episode is intended to fall within Section 107 of the Copyright Act. The copyrighted materials are fairly used for the purposes of criticism, comment, reporting, teaching, and research. The materials used here are protected by the Fair Use Guidelines of Section 107 of the Copyright Act, all rights reserved to the copyright owners. So please remember to go to JawsOB, that's Jaws, the letters OB.com, and follow the links on the contact page, go to the Telegram and Discord channels, and you'll be able to find a complete archive of all the past shows, and you can have show notes, and uh, leave your comments. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're still looking for a resolution to that uh, Brody shoulder towel. Any theories you got out there? I sure would like to know. So thanks for listening. Until next week, farewell and adieu, and show me the way to go home.